the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. Welcome to The Marinade with Jason Earl, a free-flowing conversation about the creative process with creative people. This is episode 82, and our guest is Jamie Barrier of Pine Hill Haints. Pine Hill Haints is a band from Alabama who describes their sound as Alabama ghost music. They fuse country, bluegrass, punk, gospel, and so many other things to create a sound that's wholly their own. Their latest record is called... The Song Companion of a Lone Star Cowboy, which was released on May 14th. Check that out and then go back into their catalog. Y'all, this was such a pleasure. Jamie and I talked about the the DIY nature of the band, some of the crazy characters that have influenced them, the music Jamie was listening to at the time, so many other things. It, It was just a wonderful conversation. He gave me quite the musical education during this talk, and, and we really hit it off. I'm, I'm so thankful for his time and really excited for y'all to hear this. Hey, y'all, before we get to our conversation with Jamie, I want to shout out two of our new Patreon patrons. Welcome, William, and welcome, Kim. Thank you so much for your support. Y'all, Patreon is a place to interact on a deeper level with the show for just a few bucks a month. You can gain access to Patreon-exclusive content, like our show Jason's Journey, our Patreon happy hours where we all just kind of hang together, uh, our marinade live recordings. We just did one recently, and it was such a blast where patrons got to just be a part of the show, the actual recording of the show with our friend Seth Walker. Patreon.com slash podcast to join if you can swing it. We'd love to have you. All right, y'all, that's enough of me selling you. Here it is, my conversation with Jamie Barrier of Pine Hill Haints. I got you. Hi, Jamie. How's it going, man? Great, man. Good. Thanks so much for doing this. I'm really excited to talk to you. Yeah, yeah. Me too, man. Yeah, I was, uh, you know, I was, I was kind of, I was doing the research for this, which is so, always so fun. Like, I, I'm so fortunate to talk to so many cool people. And when I was doing the research for this, uh, the more I dove into your music, the more I was like, oh, yeah, this is my shit right here. This is the kind of, this is like, Yes. <laughs> yeah. And there's a few reasons. Like, I think, you know, all my people are from Eastern Kentucky. And so I think there's like a little bit of, there's there, obviously there's some bluegrass in there and there's some gospel in there and there's some country yeah. in there. And it's like all the shit that I grew up on, but it's yeah. a totally different thing. Oh, and, yeah. uh, and so I, I was just so fired up the more I got into it. And so I'm really stoked, man. I, and, and I love the new record. So I can't wait to get into all that stuff. Right. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think, you know, as I was listening to it, like I said, when I hear all those different influences, it's almost like, um, on a personal level with my own, I I write like kind of protest songs, folk songs. And 
but but like in my head it sounds it it needs all that stuff that you do <laughs> you know it's like i can't do all that stuff so it just it's like three chords in the truth but what i really wanted to sound like is is that like i want some of the that Al now what i now know is alabama ghost music that's the stuff that like i want to accomplish the scene we came out of years ago it was very protest music it was very, it was very political like anarchist or whatever so like yeah, we were always the odd one out with that, but that's kind of what we were born with. So. <laughs> yeah, I think that's great. And I think it's interesting how you guys had some, and you can can hear a little bit of it, but how you had some kind of punk roots to some extent, and then how that yeah, evolved yeah. into yeah. what it is now. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. um, well, let's get ghosty, man. I, um, right. you know, I'm, I, it's funny how like the, the universe puts all this stuff in your, in your, in your way, you know, it's like, for whatever reason, I've been having ghost conversations lately and thinking yeah. about like kind of darker elements and things. And, and I'm someone who has gone on record quite a bit on this show as being terrified of death and, um, sure. and, and but as a result, I'm constantly facing it, right. Because I know I need to. And so I'm constantly working on it. And I wonder you know, if we can just go ahead and get, get heavy right now and what your relationship yeah. is like thinking about death and darker kind of stuff. Well, uh, I guess to try to go positive with it, it keeps you like, keeps your music real. Mm. Cause like it's death is such an inevitable thing. And, uh, the further you stray away from that, you're not, you're just not keeping it real. You know, it keeps you honest, mm. so, especially like you're talking about the music and where you're from so heavy in there man it's just like it's part of it that's why i want my music to be try you know not intentionally you know we're not like a that's been a thing with the haints since day one where it's, it would be real easy to go real corn dog with it like mm. i mean i have nothing against someone if they were like painted their faces white and black and went you know, goth, yeah. gothic acoustic punk, but we never we tried to keep it real. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no. that's real though. It's part of it, and it's part of our indigenous music. So, yeah, that's so true. And and I know you grew up with music around you, and and grew up playing at a pretty young age. And so, I I am kind of curious about that too. What that music was like, and and how much of it kind of how much of it stuck with you. Uh, to seep into the music now like when, when you were kind of growing up playing like what was that what was that like well depending on the band uh it depends on the degree but with this band it's heavy and uh as i grew up at a little church called pine hill and it's i've been coon hunting and all that everything i played music up there throwing horseshoes and my mama sang it with a group called the pine hill singers and they've so I've probably been to two or three hundred funerals where they she did the four part harmony. I've I've sang with the Pine Hill Singers now too, like sort of along the same lines. And uh, some of the other bands I was in, it, I was like trying to step away from it. But I, I guess when I as a late teen, I started to embrace it. So I just just let it take over, so to speak. <laughs> oh, I, I want to, I, oh, let's get, let's unpack that a little bit. I'm also, by the way, on the audio, I'm picking up like, I don't know if that's on my end or yours. I'm picking up like some papers or something. That's me nervously. Okay. What's your relationship like then with the church in that way? I mean, is that something? What, what uh, now? It's always been there. It's always been a part of my life and it's just, I embrace it, man. I've been, I've had people attack me for it and it probably deserve it, you know, but it's there, but it, but anybody from this part of Alabama can tell you the same, you know, it's, it's all around you. So I'm, my family has been in this area a long time, even from the tribal side to the settler side. So the church is just the village. It's just the community. So I know them all, you know, it's just like it's something you can't you couldn't get away from it unless you moved away you know <laughs> yeah no i get that i think and for me i moved away you know um yeah 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 <laughs> like that's what i did and i so that's why i'm, I'm so interested in the conversation to unpack because i think so many of us especially those of us who grew up in the south we we had those choices and we made one one or the other you know oh, yeah. um 
And then, and I feel like I'm constantly wrestling with it. I'm constantly wrestling yeah. with that relationship. To the end, man. That's the, that's what the music's all about, dude. You just nailed it. <laughs> there you go. We're done. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, so in some way it's sort of the music in some way, I don't want to misquote you here, but it's a music like you working through that relationship. Um, yeah, maybe, I, I guess I'll try to think of it real simple, man. On one level, I grew my dad is like a, you could say he's a preacher. He's always, he's asked to go here and there everywhere, somewhere different every Sunday. And that was my childhood. Mm-hmm. My dad comes from a poor were like didn't have running water half the family were illiterate and they were like the snake handling side my side was literate mm. and uh but there's no mega churches man no light shows no sound systems mm. no nothing the, the church i was raised in had an outhouse still does wow and i own land back behind there and have a bunch of cattle there and anyway when i got older and discovered minor threat and bad brains and all that stuff it was real similar it was like I went from Black Sabbath to Minor Threat with the rest of a million other kids did too. Mm-hmm. That's probably a good way to describe where the church is. I go, it's real like that. There, there are no like David Bowie's there. You know, <laughs> it's all like the circle jerks. It's all like, you know, there is no, there are, there are no rock stars. It's total just like, hey man, blah, blah, blah. Okay. You know, so-and-so just died. We need to cook some food and bring it to her. Okay. Mm. You know? Yeah. I don't mean to delve too far with it. With I guess with the Haints, it's a similar type of thing, you know, like just trying to, it's basically like experiencing all this other beautiful music when I started to tour. And then when I'd come home and I'd be like, I don't even know what my music is. Like, so that's really mm. what it is. I'm trying to figure it out. Well, that's an interesting point too. And there, I guess two questions come out of that. And the, the, yeah. the one is how you got to minor threat, like how, especially growing up where you did, was that around you have like an uncle or something or like, no, I would be a late bloomer with okay. something like that. No, my uncles are country as hell. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, one of them is basically a midnight. He just believes in electricity. The other ones that, this is his old park ranger shirt. He's like a truck driver now. No, there was a kid at school, man. Hmm. There's just some kids. You have your kids that are kicked out of school to school, and they're like, hey, check this out. I'm like, wow. You know, yeah. sensory overload. Right. I was always obsessed with music, so whatever it was, I'm if it's good, I'm probably going to get down with it. But minor threat, that was like getting hit with ice cold water. I was like, oh, man, I don't know what this is. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was like two, three years later though that I met Ian and was distroing records for Discord out of my house, and I probably booked twenty different Discord bands in my in the they played in the living room. So it was it was a life changing thing, you know. It I trying to bring that into like whatever you were doing with the country music, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, it's so interesting how that works. It works so well. But, you know, I think a lot of times um, you, we we want to, our brains want to kind of compartmentalize things. And, yeah, yeah. you know, and so that's, I love how, I love how you call it Alabama ghost music. Cause it's like, well, it ain't going to, you, yeah. <laughs> you can't compartmentalize that. Like it's going to have all these different things. And I think sometimes it's so interesting to me, especially when the punk guys end up going, picking up a acoustic guitar later. And yeah. I love that shit. Like I love a lot of that stuff. And yeah, I love yeah. what Tim Barry does and what Chuck Reagan does and that kind of stuff, you know. Those guys, Hot Water, they played my best friend's house, the first tour. They all they had out was a sticker. Wow. And you were there? Yeah, we did two hot water shows and we did an avail show down the street like the following year. So that, that's that's sort of the same thing that we were born out of, as far as that goes. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. That makes there's, a ton of sense to me. There's a Discord band named Hoover. And uh, I booked Hoover, and then they changed their name to the Crown Hate Ruin. And I remember sitting on the porch with their drummer, and he was like going on and on about Muscle Shell's music. And I was like, I don't know what in the world you're talking about. He's like, Are you serious, man? Where are you from? You know, and he's like, 
talking about Hawkins. He's naming all these guys. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know anything about it. And he's just like, oh, dude. And he was like introducing me to all these guys from Discord. And they're like, this kid's from up around Muscle Shoals. And I was like, hey. And I didn't know anything. They knew all about my town and I knew nothing about it. So like, <laughs> well, okay, so then what happened? So you get that, you get that introduction. Like how does, because now, I mean, you, yeah. you've worked with David Hood if I'm not, um, Oh yeah, I've done right and like great man, David. Yeah, but like you've worked with a lot of those folks, and then and then you know, in the newer generation, Ben Tanner produced your most recent record, right. and right. So, so how can you can you fill that those gaps? That was like almost thirty years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's really wild to me though that you were there. Basically, you were there, and you didn't really know the thing. <laughs> you know, no, I didn't. I didn't know. All, all I knew is getting the paper that it seemed like every three days there's a story on Leonard Skinner in the paper. So at first you're like, I love Leonard Skinner, you know, and then, then you get to be a teen. You're like, I hate him. <laughs> I hate him. And then somewhere along the line, I remember getting a copy of, uh, of, uh, Wilson Pickett. And then there's Dwayne Allman. I had a photo of Wayne in the background. I'm like, what's this? You know, it, it I, I probably shouldn't be saying all this to the world, but that's, that's just how it is growing up here. You know, I think it's great, dude. I think it's great that you, I just, I just spun the, I just picked up a copy of Wilson Pickett. Hey Jude, that whole. Yeah. Yeah. That whole LP. I just played it last night. Last night I played it. Wow. Um, and uh, so I'm, I'm, I think that's great. You what you just said, because sometimes we outside of muscle shoals kind of romanticize it in a way where we think like you just must have been like dripping in soul music and you know you know what i'm saying like there and when i go there like i've been there a couple of times and i'm just like oh because it's not it wasn't my existence and so i think it's so interesting that you were there and it took a little while for you to be introduced to it yeah everything in my life has been in, in the naive way <laughs> I've, I've always loved the pre all that i love like i love the delmore brothers they're like unknown but they're from like 30 miles from where i'm sitting and they arguably have the first rock and roll song ever blues stay away from me that's the stuff i was raised with the losing brothers the delmore brothers or wc handy with the haints we were we were i guess in a way we like i have all these books of junk i've collected from old timers around here and they'll be about you know the only reason there's even a town is because of that river down the street and they guys would go sit on the river while they unloaded cotton and loaded cotton and the songs they would sing would be about some outlaw or something that that was the kind of thing that like i tried to trip with the haints you know like whoa what is this it's like even there's this indian mound in town in the heart of town and no one knows why it's there you know there's these bones washing off you know and yeah. stories from my dad about the indian side of our family that it was more of that type of thing i just happened to be lucky to have the muscle shoals thing is like <laughs> i'm down with it and i'm into it but that's more of a luck thing you know for me i was like oh wow my i was raised on something else you know like more ancient even though i didn't know it till year even after that conversation with the discord bands where i'm like oh maybe i should go back and dig on my roots, you know, and my daddy's like, you know, your granddad looking at him in the coffin is like a Choctaw Indian with a buzz cut. He was like, tell me about when they jumped off the, his, his, you know, great granddad jumping off the trail of tears and all this stuff. So anyway, <laughs> well, oh, so much great stuff there, man. It's kind I, of delving away from the music a bit, but anyway. no, it's cool. I, we do, we do that. <laughs> it, Cause I'm curious about a few things there i mean you said luck but at the same time you had to have the antenna up you know yeah, you, had, yeah. you had to have the antenna up otherwise it wouldn't you wouldn't have received it and you wouldn't have then also it sounds like you have quite the curious mind also not only in listening to your music but from what i hear oh yeah man totally so like because are you are you constant like at that time that you mentioned where you're you're getting these old timers books and you're trying to learn about the yeah, area yeah. Are you just constantly reading then? Was that, that was a big part yeah. of, yeah? That's like one of the best things of the positive of the COVID pandemic was all the reading everybody got to, but no, yeah, I've always, I've always been a big into that sort of thing, you know, but, 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 but I'm not, I'm, 
I don't want to paint the picture of somebody that's only into this area. Like I like it all, man. Yeah. You know, I'm down. I'm totally down. Like my favorite would probably be the Caribbean. That, type that comes of out. That and comes I, out. I love the Irish stuff. And I love the Cajun stuff. So it's not a, I don't want to try to, I'm not thinking I'm the best. I'm I've, I've, I, like the Haints, we get to play with a lot of these bands that I idolize and I feel real guilty because like we don't have that boom they have. Like we're just, we're like almost like the kudzu or something. I'm just like, <laughs> like oh no. <laughs> like here we are, you know. Like, I, don't, to, I don't agree with that. <laughs> a, a guy that, the guy that taught us about the singing song was from Pensacola. He was in an incredible band called This Bike is a Pipe Ball. His name is Rymo D. Okay, I know that name. Rymo D, like, we crashed at his house, and he's like, can I join the band, and can I do the tour? And he jumps in the van, and, uh, yeah, he was was one of the ones that broke us in on so much of that type of stuff, you know, like the, about the the singing song that comes from here. Rymo D had done shows for Neurosis and The Offspring and Green Day plays live. He was a he goes way back with the punk thing, but he was like learned a whole lot about the world music and indigenous music from Rymo, you know. Well, there's so much. I mean, you mentioned all those different things that you're into, and all that stuff comes out on the new record too. It comes out in a lot of your music, but it comes out all those influences you just mentioned, the Irish music. Yeah. I mean, on this, um, what else you mentioned? Like island music. Uh, Cajun yeah, yeah. music. There's, um, yeah. I mean, the single. I think the most recent single. I think it is. Is it Lone Star Kid that has that kind of, yeah. that kind of feel to it, right? So there's so many things on the song Companion of a Lone Star Cowboy that that all the things you just said, <laughs> like you just yeah. naturally kind of organically said, that all comes out, um, and I love that. And, and so yeah, I don't think anybody would. Again, like I don't think it's in, it's possible to pigeonhole what you do but i also think it's super dynamic and i've been watching some as many videos as i can get my hands on and i'm stoked that you guys are planning to come to florida coming up soon i'm gonna head over to dunedin i think it is in lake yeah yeah you can make a weekend out of it and uh and check y'all out come down to that man that would be so much fun um that song that you know like the 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 latest single it's it is like a it's a perfect want to be marty robbins but it's a it's a rip off of of like classic rock steady that's exactly mm. what that song is mm. all those classic rock steady songs you know walking down the road with a pistol in your hip johnny you're too bad yeah yeah all that that that's what that song is it's great it's like all those uh, jamaica that they had had a beautiful way where they would frame american cowboy and outlaw music man yeah. Even out, even outlaw country, whatever. I, I was listening to a just bought an LP of a dub artist called the Outlaw Josie Wales. <laughs> classic early Jamaican dub named after a Confederate movie character yeah. you know, who's on the war path. Oh, there's something to that, you know. I want to hear, hear you guys do a whole cover. I want you to do the the harder they come. I'd like to hear y'all do like. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, when i found out that one of those songs was cut in my hometown i do like rep that that's great <laughs> even though a song is all about being miserable i think it i think it's about being miserable in muscle shoals it's like sitting here in limbo <laughs> God, i'm going crazy let me out of here you know if you listen to that the lyrics of that song it's like yeah. i'm sitting here in limbo but one day i will carry on <laughs> oh man yeah but whatever Harder they come is dope, man. Yeah, so good. Um, the I, I I tried to do some. I didn't realize how much music that I like um, has a saw, singing saw in it. And then um, yeah. when, I, when I was doing this research, I was like, "What is the history there?" And I wonder, like, when when you meet this guy, it, 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 then he introduces you to it. Like, were you immediately like, "Oh shit, that needs to be a part of what we're doing. That's going to be there." What was that moment like? And and other than obviously the he, badass rock and roll spontaneity of him just hopping in the van. <laughs> he, he was in a band we idolized. And he was in a bunch of bands with a guy named Aaron Comet Bus. Comet Bus is like, he is the writer of the American underground for like, he was, maybe not so much now, but all, 
he is Comet Bus is the punk rock underground literary. He lived by writing zines, traveling in the backseat, hitchhiking, j- train jumping. Over the years, we've got to be sort of friends with him. He's real elusive. But he played a lot of in a lot of bands with Rhymo D. And so Rhyme, anything Rhymo said to us was gospel. And the Haints is just piles of dumbness and illiterate. We didn't know what we were doing. We we were skateboarding downtown Auburn, and there was a guy hitchhiking through town on his way to New Orleans. And he was like, hey, man, I'll show you how to put together a pickle bucket and make you got your own base. Cause we were constantly complaining about something or other. That's what you do when you're from Alabama. You know? but like, oh, I need a stand up. I need this. I mean, he was like, you don't need a stand up base. There's just this weird kid that was skateboarding with us. And the police came and ran and we dumped the boards in the trash can and hid in a bathroom stall. And I remember he's like, Oh, you need a pickle bucket and fishing wire. And, all this. and that's how we get, that's, Nowadays, people are I like I lecture on wash tub bases and stuff, but it was not it was not planned. <laughs> and it's the same with the saw, you know, Rhymo D likes Rhymo D plays with Comet Bus, you know, and yeah. Rhymo D's in the van. He's like, you need a singing saw in 1922. You know, 20 million saws were sold all over. It was you know, like Rhymo D was a true anarchist and still is. You know, he's like. Just take the music back, you know. It's mm. our music. But you don't like. I'm so happy y'all have a wash tub and a washboard. But we we didn't have it planned that deep. But he he thought we did. He's like, oh yeah, take it back, you know. Take the music back. You need a saw. I'll play the saw. Let's make a drum out of a hubcap or something. We would try that, but it never was it very didn't work, you know. But yeah, he, that, that a lot of that was through him. We learned, and he he had a little book he'd written called "Singing Garbage," and we, we probably sold three or four thousand of those out of the back of the van. We xerox them and staple them, and there's, there's all these instruments you can make at home, and you get a shoot a banister from a stairwell and make your fiddle, make the both the fiddle and whatnot. But that that is an Appalachian or Kentucky thing, like even corn silk fiddles and all, all that. We've I've learned since then, you know. But it's cool, man. That is super cool. How much of that now? How all these years later? How much? How much do you recognize? I know you haven't toured in the last while, but you yeah. know things are normal yeah. these days. How much of that do you recognize in your touring now? Try. It's it's probably stronger than ever that type of thing. Mm. We didn't know what we were doing in the beginning, but the more you get older, I I, I like how tour every night's different. Mm-hmm. Some nights we'll we'll just like let's do no stage, no salmon, no monitor, and we'll go and get in the back corner next to the women's restroom or something and create a step. It's just like skateboarding where you like. You find a cool bench and some steps and bam, it's the funnest thing time you've ever had with your friends. Like try to do there was a heavy band of monotonics from Israel. I remember playing shows with them and they've got a full drum kit and bass and drums and they would do that. It would blow my mind. They would just walk to a far corner. That band Lightning Bolt from Rhode Island, the same. They were kind of like Metallica on candy. <laughs> redefinition of stage they'll move to the back of the room like a lot of the bands with k that we used to do records with k they they would like put on shows in a stairwell outside or something like that like so we the haynes were a good band experiment with that we were like there's some nights on tour where the show's canceled so we'll set up in the parking lot and word gets around and we'll have a show we'll light some candles so and being able to go acoustic all of a sudden you're your songs are different and you got to play them faster or slower. And I, I love that, man. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Trying to do it different every night. So it works, man. So it works. It's probably more now than it ever has. 
Wow. So that's great. So you sort of learn these lessons about how to take that same, that same ethic, right. And then apply it to apply it practically in certain ways. That's, that's, that's the dream right there, right. Where you're still maintaining sort of that same DIY punk rock kind of uh, ethos while also being able to then make it something that's a little bit more practically applicable as you age. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's Man, a, it's 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 worked so far. <laughs> it gets yeah. One thing we can't do that I would do in my other bands is we would always have this giant hammer of noise. Can't do that with the haints. Like we gotta constantly be on our toes. I I'm fine with going down with a burning ship. It's like these poetic-y acoustic boys. Like we and girls we can't but in the past i would always be like this is our last song and you would turn everything up and like feedback and get loud i can't do that with this band so <laughs> why can, we're a good we're a good alley band we can like toss the ball up and then, then the guy band actress just dunks the <laughs> quiet you know there's only so much volume that we can do all right right there's only so and that's not really it's not what it's about so we have to go with what it is, you know. That's interesting. You made a couple of uh, sports and quasi sports references, and um, uh, there's a song on this on this uh, record about Satchel Page, and I want to get into that too because that's so exciting to me. Uh, immediately, I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna listen to the whole thing at some point," but I'm going straight to Satchel Page Blues as a as a huge baseball fan. But one of the things you said earlier that actually came up, I recently sat down with Todd Snyder and I had this wonderful conversation. And Todd talked about how he was into sports growing up, but that he kind of got away from it at the point where he was like, I didn't like keeping score, man. You know, (laughs) he's like, I wasn't really, I liked the games, but I really wasn't into keeping score. And he kind of shifted gears in his focus. And you, I I read a quote from you about skateboarding where you kind of, you kind of alluded to that idea of how there's not really a score, right? It's sort of like an athletic endeavor, um, yeah. but at the same time, you're not like, there are like, points. It's like basketball. It's beautiful. It evolves. You get your three point line. You got, you know, it goes from Dr. J to Jordan, and, but it'll never touch skateboarding, man, ever. It'll never touch it. There are no rules in skateboarding. So it always evolves. Yeah. The yeah. second you're lame, the kids are done with you. You can't, you can't like Nike's not I mean, Nike's constantly trying to take skateboarding over and steal it, but they can't. They never will. You can't like you can't compete with it and you can't gamble on it. You know, yeah. that's the only reason you got basketball and all this stuff throughout COVID is the gambling guys are running the world. You can't you can't own skateboarding like it is always outlaw. The wow. second it, the second they they figure out how to neuter it, it'll die, you know. Even in the eighties with ramp skating, it was so huge, you know, like I, I, I like all of the sports and I'm with you on not like we used to try to do basketball where we would have two balls going at the same time. Or sometimes we would have a one goal, but three teams. We used to, me and my friends would try all kinds of, you know, stupid stuff to yeah. try or whatever, but my, my heart would be with baseball. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's go there. Why? because what is it it's a songwriter thing there's a songwriter thing about that and i every time a songwriter that i that i talk it's an obsession of mine i watch almost every reds game um i yeah yeah there was nothing more beautiful when the kid came back to play with griffey junior uh, griffey senior yeah 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 that that was the that was the year i was a reds fan man yeah they homer in the same game and so yeah and griffey senior that's like the best ever yeah. seemed like he was going four for five every night. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I love – there's a lot about baseball, man. Like yeah. the whole like – it's got the vibe of the country and out in the in the wilderness of America, but it was born on the streets of Brooklyn. Like, oh, dude, I'm sold. Yeah. I like the whole like don't eat – you know, eat these M&Ms and you'll get a double and eat this M&M and you get a triple. And the catcher has got – He's got like, you know, makeup on his first two fingers so he can give signal. Yeah. I, I love it all, man. Oh, man. Yeah, that was Satchel Page. It's just the whole not giving up and the, the power and spirit of the Negro Leagues. Like, mm-hmm. there's nothing cooler. I love 
in today's game, I love all the guys from Mexico and the and from the Caribbean where they all got the gold and the chains and the yeah. like. They're just kids. Yeah. You know, they're like they are stoked to be. I remember watching Sammy Sosa show how to make a glove out of a milk carton. My daddy was sitting there with me watching. He was like, that's real. Well, that's a poor boy. He's like, this is how you make a glove out of a milk carton. You know? like, Damn. That's amazing. Yeah, and for folks listening, for the Satchel Page, there's a song called Satchel Page Blues on the new Pine Hill Haynes record. And, um, you know, Satchel Page had to play in the Negro Leagues because he wasn't allowed to play in the major league. From Alabama, so like, you know. Yeah. You know, Mobile boy, so we're trying to rip rep alabama with it <laughs> that's great oh it's great i i love it i love the song i love the record man it's it's yeah it's so great it's so wonderful um and one of the things that i've noticed about your record specifically is that um even though the, some of the songs are are shorter are kind of punk rock in in length yeah, right yeah. um there's usually a ton of songs on your records and i wonder you know about that like is what what is that a function of and how aware are you of that well, all right. So the long answer would be like, a, you know how you you idolize like Jelly Roll Morton, Louis Armstrong, all these cats on the Spanish coast. They're playing every night and they're working and they're trying to figure out how to keep that crowd. And that's the way I want the Hanks to be a band that's always playing with these interesting characters. We've got to have it. We've got to have songs are written. It's like, ah. Uh, we just played a song and everyone danced. It's like, what can we chase it with? And we're like, so I'll go home and try to write the perfect chaser. And so usually when it comes time to make a record, we've got a million tunes to pick from that we've played a million times. And that's how the single lock, I, not to diss on my own record label, but I've put out enough Haints records on my own label and I've put out records for other ones, but like I had, a, I just, more people are going to hear this record than like any of the other ones I've done. So we were like, try not to overthink it. Like, what are we going to do, man? <laughs> we actually cut a lot out. We probably cut 30, 40 minutes off. Like, wow. I thought the single lock one was too long, but you know, Ben and Reed were like, you got to put that on there. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> but, well, um, <laughs> what is. Oh, so much good stuff. Every time you talk, man, I, I, I want to ask you so many questions. Um, are, is, what is your process like then? So are, it sounds like you, you play a song and you go like, are you heading yeah. right home and writing? Or are you a sit down and do the work kind of person? What does that process look like to write that prolifically? You got to be doing a lot of work. I'm not saying the songs are any good at all, I'm, but I've never had a problem writing. Mm. I've had the a problem of like, I need to stop, like stop. You know, mm -hmm. I, write, I, I work on something every day, all the time. That's just how I am, man. It's mm -hmm. how I've always been. And it doesn't mean it's good. That's just how I am. So, and, and being in a band is hard, man. It's entertainment where no matter what, like you don't, you don't want to suck. It's hard to, <laughs> you know, like, it's hard to write something good. Yeah. You know? So, and then even if you do, it's hard to capture it on tape or whatever. So <laughs> I don't know. We were grooving that night, the single lock one though. We could have I even if that had all been aborted and deleted, I would man, it was Christmas. It was like magic. My homie JD had driven down. He wasn't on tour. Nobody knew the chaos that was about to drop on America. And we just like I've been wanting to work with single lock forever. I could, I could hit their studio with a baseball from where I, my shop right down the street. I've been, you know, I'm not, I've been dying to work with them forever. So it was like, let's just play some music. That's what we did. You know, and Ben would walk in and tinker with his forest of mics. You know, I just let him do his thing. You know, he's, we just played and played, you know, so they were like, all right, let's go take a break. <laughs> oh my gosh. That sounds Magical. It was a nice one, man. It was a nice one. 
For folks listening, Ben Tanner has come up on this show several times because he's produced so many different records that of the folks that he, I don't that guy must not sleep. Like, um, you know, he'd produce the Colonel's new stuff that's coming out, you know, whenever. And then um, I'm trying to think who else. There's several other folks who've been on the show recently that Ben yeah. produced their record or worked on their record in some way. So it comes up a lot. Um, so that is so beautiful. That sounds like kind of you know that sounds so magical like you just sort of you you went you had exactly this sense of what you wanted and you guys just went in and did the damn thing yeah yeah exactly that's so beautiful man <clears throat> do you think there's any lessons and i i can relate to some extent i, I don't usually get writer's block i do get um I, i've just written something that's shitty Right. And I do that a lot, <laughs> but I don't, I don't get writer's block very often. When I sit down to write, I can just write. Um, Same here, man. Yeah. Like what is, is there lessons for folks? Cause a lot of folks that are, that are really good at it get blocked. And I wonder if there's any lessons that you have learned or any, any insight into why you're not ever blocked. Uh, for me, like, Probably most of what I'm writing, you can trace directly to something I've lifted. So, so it's easy for me not to get. Yeah, I'm always listening to music. I love to sing. Even like the church thing, man. Like, I'm, I'm. There's so much music everywhere, especially here where we're at, man. It's like I just I don't know. It's not so far that this to this point in my life, it hasn't been an issue. Yeah. Like, man, I, I brought a bunch of LPs up here, like. I can. I was gonna told Reed, and I didn't even get the half. There's. I can show you literally where this album came from. That sounds amazing. <laughs> let's see. I'll start with uh. Let's see if you can see that. This is Count OC with a. This is like a heavy roots percussion record. It's surfing music, man. And if I lived near the sea, I'd probably never touch a skateboard again. And uh. But the mystic or the mystic order of the revelation Rastafari. Next, probably my favorite singer-songwriter, man, is uh, Phil Lennett from Thin Lizzy. This is the record to me where he came into his own. But uh there's a song, there's a song on here called Wild One. So good, dude. That's yeah. Fighting is the name of that record. Fighting. Came out right before the jailbreak record. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I, I like all those Lizzies. There's I mean, there's some stinkers but whatever man like, yeah <laughs> that's my favorite ever luke kelly of the dubliners he is the he is my number one like probably ever there's ronnie drew i love years ago we had a chance to get to play with some of the guys in this circle but we got deported so we missed it spent, wait what spent a couple wow. of days in a jail cell in england and got sent back to america wait what's that story <laughs> i i mean that's it it was actually a guy who was in and out of Planksty, this man. <laughs> you ever get a chance? Johnny Moynihan is his name. He's still alive. And he introduced the bazooki to Irish music. It's like a staple now, but we had a whole tour with Johnny Moynihan. This is like, this is the stuff, man. This is what the Hanks. I'm just glad the Hanks start with the pigs. We can be in the, the Pogues and the Planksty section of the record store you know what i mean so you were gonna wait uh, I, I this is awesome but you're bringing up so many interesting yeah, yeah. things so yeah. i don't want you to stop with the records because this is so great but that's all right gonna play with the dubliners and then not the dubliners but oh. guys in their circle okay Johnny Moynihan. he was in a band called sweeney's man he was in planksty so then you got in trouble yeah we got in trouble we did we we did like seven tours of ireland in a row without a work visa and oh. we just go over there and we're like hey man they're like what's up yanks and we're like hey and we're like oh, we're just going to go to the coffee the pubs and they're like have fun you know yeah we, we got caught <laughs> so they, they they incarcerated you and deported you yeah fingerprinted and holy yeah, shit and we got banned for a year i think it was we actually all of the band got through, but our drummer, man, is, uh, I could say some stuff about him involving contraband and yeah, everything, but they caught him. Oh, bummer. <laughs> we, were afraid, we were afraid he was like busted, busted. And when we went back to get him, they were like, oh, you're a band, huh? And then it was like, it was, it was all dogs. And wow. Yeah, it was a, 
that was that was a bummer because we had a film crew and we were we were going to be playing with this guy Tim Kerr. Tim's a legend, early '70s skater, folk artist. And he was in the Big Boys, the first one of one of the first hardcore bands out of Texas. The Big Boys toured with Minor Threat. They toured with the Misfits. They toured with the Dead Kennedys. And Tim was touring as a haint. He's like, hey, man, I'll play harmonica and, and the banjo, tenor banjo, which we did do a tour with him after a year later, but it wasn't the same, you know? Yeah. But we got to do anyway. I don't even know how I got on that subject. It was real tragic. <laughs> yeah, bummer, man. I'm, thanks for telling the story, though. Thanks for indulging me. There's the Pogues, man. It's just a, this is before they were burnt. This is like between the first and second album, just bought it. Could not be better. This this record could not be better. It's what I never remember to do with mine is I'm always trying to get emo and they're just like, hey, keep it real. You know what I what mean? is that one? What is that record? Uh, the Pogues BBC Sessions. It's BBC like, Sessions. Yeah. So good, dude. Right before Costello produced their next album and Kate married him and left the band. This is my this is a soul brother who I a dream of being for out the state of Alabama, even though I live in Tennessee. Uh, Doug Som. Uh, uh huh. He's real Texas, you know. He yep. anything with Texas that comes out in his music, even his garage pop. It's like you can hit, see the border. You can, you can hear the food fry. He played fiddle. You know, he met played on the knee of Hank Williams the night Hank before Hank. The, the last show Hank played living. Wow. But he, but he, he was like, you know, ran with the dead. All his, you know, his life story. But he's like, I wish, I'm yes. trying to encompass that as far as like the Hank sound, like Alabama sound, like whatever it is to be here. I want to, to breathe out. Winston Rodney, also known as Burning Spear. Uh -huh. First album, absolute gold. He used the same drums like Count O.C. for this record. It, it changed the music. This record's so light. Mm. It's just light, easy, acoustic. It's like it's gospel music, man. I used to print shirts for him, so I'd talk to him on the phone, you know, and like, hey, what's up? <laughs> cool. Johnny Ace. It's like yeah. a lot of the people in the country in Americana, they don't understand that the doo-wop and the crooner music and soul music. And, uh, the magic that comes from it. Yeah. ACDC's Power Age, was, this is my number one album of all time. It's pure, real. This is this is as real as it gets. Made the same year as Highway to Hell, but like, this, oh. this is the record. There's no there's no fun times and no there's no singles on this album, you know. Uh-huh. So, Jesse May Hemp Hill, this is the father of like Native American and blues and black the Tennessee Valley and the Mississippi Hill country, Jesse May is like it. She is it, man. And she never got her day as far as I'm concerned. And so thought I'd throw that. This is my last one. Part of the Congos. Yeah, it's better than Nevermind or whatever it is, you know. <laughs> there with the, the finest tribe called Quest, you know. It's wow. Like, this is a gold, this physical graffiti. I was just telling Reed, like any Beatles, I'll put this up there with it. Like they supposedly yeah. could sing the whole record a cappella, but, but there they are in a screen printing shop, you know, doing their traditional hand drum, you know. There's the squeegees in the background. There they are fishing. And the, uh, everything about this record is solid gold. Every song on it would be the best song on an album later, you know, but it's all here in one. It's Lee Scratch Perry and his finest. Oh, right on. More attracted and it's like, Oh my God, that was so much fun. You gave me way too much homework, but I'm, I'm loving it. <laughs> so are you, that's a hell of a record collection in its own right. And it, so are you, you constantly on the road picking up records? Um, no, uh, I do all my buying usually in New Orleans and Portland, but okay. yeah, I'll get them. If I see them, I, I, love, I do like buying records, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, I, it, there's something about it, folks. I'm, I think most folks who listen to the show are, are are like-minded but there's just something about I, I i just get lost and spend forever i mean the other day i picked up that that wilson pickett record that i talked about i picked up an old 
Alabama, the band Alabama for Nostalgia Steak from the 90s, uh, from the 80s, but for me from the 90s, you know, because I was listening to it as a kid. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. I got uh, Credence. I picked up a a Credence record that I hadn't listened to in forever. Cosmos Factory, I hadn't listened to in forever. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just like just sitting there, you know, for six bucks or whatever. And I was like, and they look so cool. And they're on the, he's on a bike. And it's like, man, I haven't, I just, they have one's playing a washboard and the other one has a wash tub. So good, man. Another one of those, like year one, Hanks, like, check this out. And there's Credence Skiffle Band. It's like, wow. Yeah. We were studying that picture, man. That's so great. So are you, when those records you just showed us that were, that is that you're listening to it while you're writing the songs or is that while you're recording or all the above? While I'm, while I'm writing. Yeah. I'm writing. Yeah. 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 Do you listen to music while you write songs? I have. At the same I've time. Also, I've also watched a lot of baseball while I write. <laughs> But oh, you know how it is, man. Man, probably eighty percent of stuff is like riding home in a car. You know, yeah. I remember riding Satchel Page in the car, but I live forty miles from town, and so I—that's what I, you know. But yeah, yeah, all of all of the above on the songwriting, I guess. That's so great, man. A lot of people don't like to write on tour, but I like that. That's something that's hurting. Is hurting songwriting wise, like night after night and you're seeing what's working it's easier it's like oh i need something like that i haven't been able to do that you know i can't feed on that i just have to imagine so yeah i miss i miss playing and and writing on the road man that's interesting i agree that most people i talk to don't write on the road they say that they they can or they don't or they're not comfortable with it yeah i don't know that's just i don't know i guess that's just the way i'm geared i guess man I've never, I've never toured as a musician, but I, but I, I do travel as much as I possibly can afford to, to travel. And when I travel, I write more, I think, than when I'm home. Yeah. Think, yeah. You know, yeah. cause I'm inspired by, I like routine. Don't get me wrong, but I'm inspired by what's happening. Like I'm able to get out of my, this is my life. This is my domestic. These are my domestic duties and so forth. Like I can get encumbered by all that stuff. Whereas when I'm on the road, I, that stuff is either taken care of or I'm not worried about it. Exactly right. Yeah. It frees just, me up. Yeah. It's, it is easier for me when I'm singing and playing every night. I can just, mm. it's easy. You can just tell what you need. I need a song like this, you know, plus after day three of any tour, it can be months or weeks but after three days you can't sleep and you can't wake up either yeah you're just in this like kind of miserable state but you're real happy <laughs> <laughs> like then you can cut detach and it does make it easier to write you know especially and, when i got the band all right there like, oh uh-huh sleep. let's do this let's do that well yeah we, so, we have a lot of shows that were terrible man but we're, we're probably writing a song in front of the crowd. Yeah, I wonder about that. So, so when you what that process looks like with the band, especially since over the years you've had you've had members yeah. cycle in and out, and yeah. so is it that you you're writing something and you're coming straight to the band with it, or it, does it kind of marinate for a little while for you, with for you? It's both. It just depends on depends on the tune, I guess. Yeah. Man, you know how it is though with any band. The best songs are the ones that like they're just they're done in like 10 seconds or whatever uh, you don't even have to show anyone what to play those are always i've got those ones where it's math problems but they ne- they're never as good oh and interesting it's like i put some been a year on this song you know but that, those usually don't they usually don't get, develop legs or anything it's like <laughs> you know how it is that's so interesting well <laughs> i think i think for a lot for some folks it's that way but for some folks I, I, that I talk to, they're really meticulous with their editing and that, and the editing and the, and the yeah. development of the song oftentimes is what they're, sorry, I thought it looks super weird with the sun coming in through the blinds like that. It's like some kind of space alien. Um, but now I just look like a Care Bear. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the light coming out of my chest. 
Um, but uh, I think a lot of folks that are more comfortable with that editing, you know, process and, and with letting it sit for a while, whereas some folks are more comfortable with what you talked about. I'm not sure that everybody feels the same way you do in terms of like the best ones are the ones that come right out of you. Yeah, I don't, a lot of times there'll be a song that I like and you read the biography and they're like, oh, that one, it just, it happened. You know? mm-hmm. Session was done and we're like, I got the song and I'm like, wow, of course. Oh uh, yeah, maybe not. I don't know, you know, but for me, that's, it, it always seems to be that way for, for me. I don't know. I have a million songs I'm putting a lot of time into, but like they just never seem to have that honest flow to them. Like, mm. Yeah. yeah. I, I read something cool Neil Young said where he's like, no matter what it is, if it's good or bad, just don't stop till you finish it. I thought that was cool. Uh, but I tend to have like five of them songs yeah. I'm working on and I'll just jump back and forth, man. Mm-hmm. Like, so I was like, ah, oh, maybe I shouldn't do that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, cause there may be some gold there. Right. So there may be something that's really magical there. I, you know, that's why I do this show. Cause I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> I'm trying to, trying to pick the brain of people that do it well. So I can at some point, you know, get my head around my own process and hopefully share with folks who are listening yeah. that can, that can glean something off of somebody's process and something resonates with them and they're able to then, you know, train, uh, just take that and, 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 and it translates to their, to whatever they're working on, whether it's a song or a book or, you know, a poem or. I feel it for like the kids today, because like the little scene I came up with, mm-hmm. all we did was like try to write music and press little records and go play as many cities. Used to, everyone did that. Like, I don't know what the kids are doing now, but I feel it for them, man. It's like, just because you have a cell phone doesn't mean you're like intelligent, you know, like just cause you can like do, do directions. I don't know. Like yeah. a lot, I think a lot of, I'm not accomplished. I'm like, I, I'm not accomplished. I'm like, so I'm not like some big shot giving sound advice from my cloud to the aspiring, uh, you know, I'm still down there, but I'm like, man, a lot of people are so into the bells and whistles and the smoke and, having all this that and the other like it doesn't matter what you have if your band ain't no good and your song ain't no good like you should just that's that's one thing all the kids when i was coming up we would just there's this underground network all over the the world really but america and we would just tour and play each other's houses it was beautiful like it's harder to do that when you get older and i feel it for the kids today because i don't know if they have that it's it's more like I have 7,000 friends and yeah. you know, it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. You should, that's a lot of pressure, you know, I guess I'm glad I don't have to go through it now. I'm glad I went through it the way I did, but everyone were, it was just all about writing a song and getting out and playing it, man. The end. That's <laughs> so interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because on the one hand, a kid coming up now has so much access to getting their stuff out there and so much access to whatever music you want, you can dial up at your fingertips. So whereas you had to have the cool uncle or the older brother who turns you on to it before, or you had a cool record store in town. Now you can, you know, you can search it in so many ways. You can listen to a podcast that turns you on to something. You can, you know, watch a, a YouTube series that turns you on to something. The damn algorithm tells you you might like this or that, you know? Yeah. Um, I just feel like an organic scene always wins. Huh. It's always going to be a higher card yeah. when you got homies. In any town, if there's 30 or 40 people that all get along and they're cooking out, grilling out with each other and trading music and whatever they're doing, forming bands, that always wins. It's always better. But maybe I'm wrong, man. They're like, I, I don't know. I, I, th- I think the thing that I'm hearing and that I'm, I'm noticing from- cities or whatever now, but <laughs> <laughs> well, I think um, the, the thing that's great about what you said is that if I can add on to it, it's just the idea that like, you're kind of sitting in an organic, in an organic scene, you're sitting with 
the you're sitting with the art longer it feels like and so you get to know it better and you're yeah. able to kind of get a better sense of how what how both how you access it and then how it influences your own work versus you know i just wrote down all those names of those records that you recommended and i'm gonna have to stop myself from just like <clears throat> skipping back and forth do you know what i'm saying like i'm gonna go straight to heart of the congos first yeah that's dude. what i'm gonna go to first and i'm that's just gonna classic record we had where one of the mics there's only four channels yeah one of them is going out the window and they followed the mic out and it's hooked up to a palm tree you know and then and they're like what's up scratch and he's like heartbeat of jamaica <laughs> like you know think about that when you and the, there's a cow that's sampled all through that record he, there's probably a cow grazing outside the studio all over the record man it's amazing use it on so many of his that comes from that classic heart of the congos album i gotta do that and but like i need to sit with it right to go back to the conversation about the organic nature of it is i'm sure i can find that record you know uh, digitally yeah. somewhere i'll probably be able yeah, to find yeah. it but you know if i just listen to it one time through it may not land with me that one time through if i had the physical copy it probably will land with me but if it didn't if i had the physical copy if I picked it up at the record store, I'm going to give it another spin and another spin and another spin. I'm going to give it more time and I'm going to have to stop and flip it back over. And I'm going to have a conversation with the record store guy that I got it from and, you know, yeah. or, or if somebody recommended it to me or loaned it to me, you know, I'm going to have those conversations. And I'm thankful that, you know, I'm kind of in that tweener age, I feel like where I, I can do both, you know, I'm 40 and I feel like my brain can handle the digital, but also... I'm nostalgic for the physical. And so I'm constantly going to record stores. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. And going to shows and asking questions. Most of my most of my stuff I buy on on tour, but it's there's something to be said about anything you do, even your radio show. But for me, music, there, there's a lot of guys here in this town and they're in every town and they're, they're they know everything and they're wise guys you ain't nothing if you hadn't like got out there for 10, 20 years and had to like pee in the toilets of strangers and sleep on the floor. Mm. And you're not going to eat unless you do good that night. Mm. It changes your music. Mm. It makes it everything. Like I've had so many people, everybody has, they tell you this, they tell you that. But I, I've always idolized those guys like R.L. Burnside, or all those guys who live like a wolf out on the road. Their music is like, lean and mean and good and like if you don't play good you're not going to eat mm. it, it comes it's like a difference in a, having a domesticated dog people like their little puppies and their dogs and then a coyote where everything he does is out depending on the wild and like same thing with picking up music you you get out there on the road and you meet those people and they're like you need to hear this heart of the congos record i'm like right on yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's something that I probably came across just traveling. And, I mean, I'm loving it. It's not a, this miserable, like, death match or anything, but I'm out, out on tour. It's like, it's where I learned my jump, man. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway. That's so <laughs> Thank you. This has been so wonderful, man. I don't want to take any more of your time, but, like, I love the new record. It comes out in May. Um, it, it's wonderful. This has been more than I could have asked for. I expected that we would have a good conversation, but I, I did, could not have anticipated having this much fun and learning this much. Yeah. So uh, thank, thank you, you so yeah. much. All right, man. Take care, brother. Thanks, man. <laughs>
please consider joining our Patreon community where for just a few bucks a month, you can gain Patreon-exclusive content. Plus, it's just a really fun way to interact a little more deeply with the show. All right, y'all, it's time for what I'm getting down on, the segment of the show where I talk about the art that is inspiring me at the moment. This is an almost all Willie Vlotten edition of what I'm getting down on. Willie is a creative hero of mine. He's a huge influence on my own creative work. His band Richmond Fontaine is one of my all-time favorites. I just love the way that Willie writes. Richmond Fontaine ma- stopped making records a few years ago, but um, you know he hasn't stopped at all. Um, he has uh, written songs for a band called The Delines that he plays guitar with and does a little bit of background vocals. Amy Boone's on lead vocals on that. Uh, the records are just wonderful. I'm partial to uh, Colfax, but their their latest one, The Imperial, is on heavy rotation. Uh, Amy has this gorgeous voice, and Willie's writing is just forever too cool. Um, you know, I'm I'm a big big fan of uh, of what Willie does, and. Uh, you know, if you listen to this show, you know that I raved about his last book, Don't Skip Out on Me. And his new book is called The Night Always Comes. It's absolutely gripping. I read it in no time, just a couple of days really to read it. It moved me in all kinds of ways. And um, I have a very cool announcement about that. Willie and I recorded an episode of The Marinade earlier this week. So a huge shout out to our friend Ben over at Records Revisited. Check out Ben, y'all. Check out Ben's show, Record Revisited. He has He's had so many cool uh, guests on, and, and one of those was Willie Vaughton talking about Tom Waits. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you can't get much cooler than that, I don't think. Um, and I'm not saying all this just because I also have the announcement that I've made over on Twitter already, but I'm, I'm excited for y'all to hear it, that I'm going to be a guest on Records Revisited to talk about Frightened Rabbit. Um it's uh, it was a pretty pretty personal pretty personal conversation. I, I opened up in a way that I don't think I even do on Jason's Journey, um, which uh, which is our Patreon show that I I pretty much bear myself completely on. But uh, this may have been the most personal I've gotten publicly. Um, and we talked about the, the the wonderful record by Frightened Rabbit, Pedestrian Verse. So that's coming up soon. Check that out. All that Willie Vlotten stuff, y'all, the DeLines has just been on heavy rotation. I just have not stopped, and I, I highly recommend The Night Always Comes. Willie writes these characters that are complex and, um, and very flawed and, and so lovable. Uh, nonetheless, he just taps into that human existence, that thing that we all have that makes it, that connects us, um, that makes us all flawed, but at the same time, gives us our commonality and um and I'm, I'm i'm really grateful for willie's work and so excited for y'all to hear the conversation y'all we've had so many amazing conversations david huckfell we got caleb johnson coming up willie vlott and there seth walker recorded with our patreon patrons there and present we we've got um uh, recordings coming up that i'm going to uh, announce on uh on patreon very soon and the the five more episodes that we have in the can after this one that are already recorded that I'll be working on in the next few days are just amazing. I'm, I'm so grateful for everybody who listens, everybody who agrees to be a part of this show. Thank you so much. Until next time, go out and create something. Cheers, y'all.